Hello and welcome to Jay Mosley Ministries Transformational Living Podcast. I'm Jackie Mosley, your host, and I hope your day is filled with God's presence, peace, and joy. This podcast discussion will be Babylon is falling, the root of all evil. Let us pray. Gracious Father in heaven, we thank you that there is no one like you nowhere. You created heaven and earth and all that dwell therein, and you are the true God of the universe, the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. Father, forgive us for our complaints for what we do not have, and help us to be content and thankful and grateful for the blessings that we do have, realizing that someone will trade places with us at any time. God, we know that our true riches of faith and blessings are in Christ Jesus, and that you oppose the proud, but give grace to the humble. Help us to come out of the Babylonian world system to be faithful stewards of what you have given, knowing that you are Jehovah Jireh, who is our provider. We will be faithful servants, submitting to the power of the Holy Spirit to transform our lives and being ready to serve in whatever ways that would build and edify your people and to advance your kingdom, depositing for eternity as spiritual millionaires, bringing praise, glory, and honor unto your name. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, amen. There are many podcast scriptures that are supported in this and future podcasts for you to read in your personal time. And those podcast scriptures are as follows. Ezekiel chapter 28, verses 15, 16, and 18. Matthew chapter 4, verses 8 and 9. Mark chapter 8, verse 36. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verses 10 through 14. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 10. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12 and finally Revelation chapters 17 and 18. So I'm going to give a history of Babylon because the patterns and ways that God operates and moves um, often come from the Old Testament and is restated again in the New Testament. And just as God dealt with the ancient Babylon of the Old Testament, he will deal with the new mystery Babylon that is being built as we speak for the future. Now this discussion is about the fall of Babylon and the root of all evil. Christ the Lord, the hope of glory and soon coming King, 
is strong and mighty and all-powerful, stronger than any evil in this world. He is greater than Satan, the originator of evil. And for believers today, there's a scripture that we can stand on that correlates to what I just read that says, greater is he that is in you. And the he that is in you is Christ Jesus than he that is in the world. And the he that is in the world is Satan. You're greater. So Christ the Lord, who is the Savior and Redeemer, the one who preserves his people in the midst of this Babylonian world system, is another example of God's glory in the earth. The Word of God has shown his preservation power through the prophet of Daniel, the prophet Daniel, excuse me, and his three friends, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, also known as the three Hebrew boys by their Babylonian names, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who were believers and followers of Christ that were held captives as slaves in Babylon under the leadership of King Nebuchadnezzar, who was one of the greatest kings of Babylon under his reign. Babylon became the most powerful city-state in the region, making himself the greatest warrior king in the known world. In the book of Daniel, and Jeremiah, King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon is seen as an enemy of God that God used as a scourge to show his displeasure to the faithless Jewish kingdom for moral and cultic sins who deported a large number of Jewish population after Babylon conquered the southern Jewish kingdom in 597 BC, which marks the beginning of the exile in Jewish history. The Babylonians were polytheists, meaning that they believed there were many gods and goddesses that ruled different parts of the universe. Their primary god was Marduk, considered as the supreme deity over all gods that had as many as 50 different titles. The Babylonians were heavily influenced by the Sumerians who thought that the gods influenced much of what happened to them in their lives. King Nebuchadnezzar made an image of gold whose height was 60 cubits, which is an equivalent of 90 feet tall, and set it up in the province of Babylon. Now on the human level, Daniel is set against the Babylonian magicians who failed to interpret the king's dream. 
but the cosmic conflict is between the God of Israel and the false gods of Babylon. During a Babylonian feast in the palace of King Belshazzar, who is the son of King Nebuchadnezzar. So apparently King Nebuchadnezzar was um, dead and his son, King Belshazzar, um, took his place as acting king, ba- uh, king of Babylon. And during this feast in his palace, God's handwriting appeared on the wall. Everyone that was attending this feast literally saw a finger or the hand or a hand of God writing on the wall that said, Menye, Menye, Tekel, Aparsin. The Bible says that the king's countenance changed and that the joint of his hips were loosened and his knees were knocking. And he called for his astrologers, Chaldeans, and soothsayers, the wise men of Babylon, to read the inscription on the wall and give the interpretation. But none of the king's wise men could read or interpret the writing on the wall. And the reason is, as some scholars say, that... um, that the king's wise men could not understand Hebrew and that the writing um, was in uh, Hebrew language. And then another portion of scholars believe that God does not give interpretation, um, his interpretation to unbelievers. And that is only insight um, and revelation that is given to his own people. But again, none of the king's wise men could read or interpret the writing. So the queen came to the king and listen at what she told him. She said, there is a man in your kingdom who is in the spirit of the holy God. Oh my goodness. I'm telling you, unbelievers know when you are serving God because this queen is not a believer of the Lord Jesus Christ, but she acknowledged a man in the kingdom who is the spirit of the Holy God. So Daniel, further in the scriptures, it says that she acknowledged Daniel by his Hebrew name. She did not call him by his Babylonian name, which was Belshazzar but she acknowledged his true Hebrew name, Daniel. And he was brought before the king and the king said to Daniel, are you that Daniel who is one of the captives from Judah, whom my father, the king, brought from Judah? I have heard of you, that the spirit of God is in you and the spirit of God is God with the capital G. Here, King Belshazzar was acknowledging the spirit of God, the true and living God in Daniel. 
he said, in that light and understanding and excellent wisdom are found in you, that you can give interpretations and explain enigmas. King offered Daniel to be clothed in purple and have a gold chain around his neck and to be the third ruler in the kingdom. But Daniel answered and said before the king, let your gifts be for yourself and give your rewards to another. Yet I will read the writing to the king and make known the interpretation. In other words, Daniel did not sell out to the king for his rewards, but he remained true to God. Daniel did not want the king's gifts or the king's rewards. His relationship with God was more important than what any man in the earth could give him. Now notice how Daniel read and interpreted God's judgment on King Belshazzar's Babylonian kingdom. After Daniel read and interpreted the writing on the wall, which was very difficult and it was a very hard interpretation, notice that the king did not get angry or upset with Daniel. In today's time, it's difficult to preach and teach the hard truths of God because people get offended. And even though God's preachers and teachers are delivering a message from the word of God, it's not their own personal message, but it's God's message. People still get offended and they want to close their ears and shut the mouths of God's preachers and teachers today. But this king did not get angry or upset with Daniel. And he actually commanded that Daniel be rewarded, though Daniel didn't want his reward, which turned out to be temporary anyway. So Daniel told King Belshazzar that God gave Nebuchadnezzar, his father, a kingdom, majesty, glory, and honor. But his heart was lifted up and his spirit was hardened in pride. So he was deposed from his kingly throne and they, meaning the enemies, the Medes and the Persians, which we'll get to later, took his glory from him because God allowed it. Then he was driven from the sons of men. His heart was made like the beasts and his dwelling was with the wild donkeys. They fed him with grass like oxen. And this was literally. And his body was wet with the dew of heaven till he knew or acknowledged that the most high God rules in the kingdom of men and appoints over it whomever 
he chooses. Now this is Daniel still speaking to King Belshazzar. And Daniel said, you, his son Belshazzar, have not humbled your heart. Although you knew all of this, Belshazzar knew the history of his father. He knew all that God has given him and how he lifted up his heart against God with the spirit of pride and how God dethroned him or deposed him from his throne. Daniel told Belshazzar, you have lifted yourself up against the Lord of heaven. And this is the inscription that was written. Menye, Menye, tackle a parson. Menye, meaning God has numbered your kingdom and finished it. Tackle. You have been weighed in the balance and found wanting. A person, your kingdom has been divided and given to the Medes and Persians. God pronounced judgment on the kingdom of Babylon. And this sounds like the U.S. today because of the strong division in this country the United States of America is being weakened from the inside out, making it vulnerable for invasion of enemies. That is literally already happening because folks are entering and infiltrating into this country. Now, just as God opened the gates of the city of ancient Babylon, who had a bronze gate, or had bronze gates and inner walls that were left unlocked that was easy for the Persian King Cyrus to enter and conquer. God has also brought down personal, corporate, and other types of governmental kingdoms that were reeking from the love of money that was injuring and hurting many people and families. The Babylonian system of the Old Testament has similarities and revelation of the forthcoming New World Order, the mystery Babylonian world system of the future that is, that is being built as we speak today. The fall of Mystery Babylon will be like the fall of Ancient Babylon that will be sudden, sure, and in the midst of her worst blasphemies. Mystery Babylon has been numbered and is found wanting in the balances of God for her dishonest scales, unjust gain, lack of spiritual and moral values. God will soon return to settle all accounts and make all things right. Glory to God. God used Daniel and his three friends as a prime example to show us today 
that believers can live in the midst of a wicked and perverse perverse nation without defiling themselves in those types of cultures because Daniel purposed in his heart not to defile himself. Now let's talk about money. Money in and of itself. And then later on we will talk about the root of all evil, which is the love of money. But I want to talk about money in and of itself. Money is one of the least trustworthy and most deceptive elements of mankind. It is unpredictable and a vacillating guide to value. For example, when silver and gold becomes common as stones or rocks, that generates inflation, which then has an adverse effect on the value of the currency. It devalues currency and buying power. A shortage of products or services drives prices up, while the availability of products and services causes the value of money to plunge or fall. Currency itself is subject to loss through theft, destruction, and misuse. Money is so vulnerable that there is little no one can do to protect it. Money loses its ability to protect its owner, and the owner will soon be consumed with protecting their money. Look at the number of scams in the U.S. of people driven by the love of money who extracts money from innocent people perpetrated by deception, fraud, and swindling. This cause and effect opens the door to a preoccupation of folks wanting to protect their money. This is one reason, just one of the reasons, why Jesus insisted that his followers not to accumulate money and members of the early church who did not claim anything belonging to them was their own. It is a repeated theme in the Bible that the monetary value of items does not reflect the value that God places on them. Jesus says that although one can purchase a pair of sparrows in the market for a single copper coin, which is comparable to a penny, this market value does not reflect the great attention that a single one of these birds receives from God. My goodness today. Skewed values become predictable 
for items of low market value to figure high on God's list of valuables. For example, Joseph was sold for less than the price of a slave for 20 shekels, yet he became the savior of Egypt. Jesus, our Lord and Savior, was betrayed for the price of 30 pieces of silver, which is a tragic miscalculation of his true status. My God today, not to mention the widow's might that others looked on with disdain. She put into the temple treasury everything she had that she lived on, but it is not the market value of the widow's gift that Jesus found important. Help us, Holy Spirit. The apostle Peter was irritated with Simon, who offered to pay money in return for the power of the Holy Spirit. My God, today. And we still see that in today's time with folks paying for a prophetic word in churches today. My goodness. For it is this reason that those who lead the church must have no fondness for money that is directly contrasted with the Pharisees in Luke chapter 16, verse 14. Money is unreliable because people falsify the standards of measurement for personal gain. In other words, they make the shekel look bigger than it actually is. The arbitrary and flexible nature of monetary standards permits easy manipulation of value. People tend to cling to money, addicted to its false security, because money behaves like a spiritual narcotic, deadening one's sensitivity to real value which is why Jesus said that money is a master and one cannot be committed simultaneously, which is at the same time, to both God's values and mammon, which is the Aramic word for money, wealth, or property. My God today. All money is debt. Believe it or not, all money is debt. America's currency is called Federal Reserve Notes. In short, F is in Frank R N. It is at the very top of the dollar. A note is considered a debt. It is an IOU that promises to repay the borrowed money according to the terms of the note. So take a dollar out of your wallet or purse and look at it. 
and you will see that there is no promise to pay you anything. F-R-N is an I-O-U nothing. The only thing that gives the F-R-N any value is the writing in the upper left-hand corner of note that says this note is legal tender for all debts, private, public, and private, excuse me. Since a note is debt, the FRN is really saying this debt is legal tender for all debts, public and private. The entire monetary system uses debt to pay for the payment of debt and the purchase of goods and services. It is a debt-based monetary system where all money is loaned into existence as debt through the dishonest scales of fractional reserve banking where bankers were creating money out of nothing and the use of dishonest accounting methods referred to as the modern day equivalent of dishonest scales that is mentioned many times in the Bible. There is no real value in money because it is not transferable into eternity. God places value on the soul of a person that has more value than money. I'll say that again. Your soul is more valuable than money. For what profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? Or what would a man give in exchange for his soul? God help us today. Now we're going to talk about the root of all evil. 1 Timothy chapter 6 verse 10 says, For the love of money is the root of all evil which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. And 1 Timothy 3 and 3 says that leaders in the church must be free from the love of money. And 2 Timothy 3 and 2 lists lovers of money as one of the sins that will be very prevalent in the last days upon which we live right now. So what is the root of all evil? Root is the cause and effect, source or origin, the starting point or beginning of something. The love of money is not the root cause of every evil in the world because there is evil that has nothing to do with the love of money 
For example, a rapist does not rape because of the love of money, but the cause and effect of a rapist is to use their personal power over an individual. However, human trafficking or sex trafficking is connected to the root cause for the love of money. Now, let's define what love of money means. The love of money is an excessive attachment to material wealth to place trust, confidence, and assurance in money and what having money can achieve in life. The love of money is coveting and coveting produces the works of the flesh, which is the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. My God today. Paul exhorts Timothy and he tells him to insist on teaching these things. And anyone who teaches otherwise and does not agree to the sound instruction of our Lord Jesus Christ and to the godly teaching that they are conceited and understand nothing, that they have an unhealthy interest in controversies and quarrels about words that result in envy, strife, malicious talk, evil suspicions, and constant friction between people of corrupt minds who have been robbed of the truth and who think that godliness is a means to financial gain. Now, here are the things that Paul exhorted Timothy to teach. But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we were brought into this world with nothing and we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. Those who want to get rich will fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all evil, meaning any and all evil with a money tag attached is attributed to the love of money. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs and sorrows. The Apostle Paul warns Timothy about false teachers who will seek to warp and pervert the content of sound doctrine for their own greedy pursuit of gain. Imagining that godliness is a means of gain, these false teachers will do what they do for the fame and notoriety they achieve along 
with the financial rewards it brings. Greed, which is an attribute of the love of money or is connected to the love of money, causes people to do all sorts of things. For example, if you look at the news, courtroom TV shows, and crimes, you can see that people are usually motivated by jealousy, envy, and or greed. The love of money is what motivates people to lie, cheat, kill, steal, gamble, embezzle, and murder. These are sins and crimes against humanity that destroys our horizontal relationships with each other. Oh my God. Jesus clearly says in the Sermon on the Mount that no one can serve two masters, for he will either hate the one or love the other or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. And at the end of this passage, Jesus said to lay up treasures in heaven. And these are treasures that thieves cannot break through and steal. These are treasures where the moth and rust cannot corrupt. Jesus also likens the love of money to idolatry. And he refers to money as a master that we serve at the expense of serving God. In the third temptation in the wilderness, when Jesus offered, I'm sorry, when Satan, again, when Satan offered Jesus mystery Babylon on a very high mountain and demanded if he will bow down and worship him in exchange for the kingdoms of the world and their glory. But Jesus said, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and him only shalt thou worship. Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Anything that takes first place in our lives other than the Lord God is idolatry and violation of the first commandment that destroys our vertical relationship with God. For God said in his commandments, thou shalt have no other gods before me, my God today. So teaching against the love of money, which is very necessary today because of the prevalency of the issue of money in churches today, the teaching is necessary. And that will remind and help prevent true believers from compromising and getting caught up in the soon coming new world order mystery Babylon, 
which is the Antichrist's political, religious, and economic system that will seek to control mankind on a global level. God has given us an example that we are in the world, but not of the world. Understanding that we are living in a hostile ideological environment. Believers are commanded in scripture to love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. And if anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Little children, it is the last time. And as ye have heard, that Antichrist shall come. Even now there are many Antichrists, whereby we know that it is the last time. Jesus is saying we are in the last days. We've been living in the last days since his departure or his ascension back to heaven after he rose or resurrected from the grave but we are in the last of the last days. So with all of this being said, I want to encourage you to raise up in the spirit of Daniel and the three Hebrew boys and purpose in your heart not to defile yourself, not to bow down to the pressures of this culture, my God, today, be ye not weary in well-doing, for in due season you shall reap if you faint not. Stand for righteousness today. And if you're struggling within this world system today, I ask and exhort you to come out of this Babylonian world system and trust God. Hallelujah to provide and supply all of your needs. God is extending the offer of salvation for all who may be listening that do not know Christ in the pardon of your sins. God gave his son, Jesus Christ, and the son gave his life and shed his blood for the remission of your sins. That's hope. Jesus gave hope today. The decision is yours to come out of darkness into his marvelous light, to surrender your will to Christ, to start your new life of transformational living. That is the best life for believers, which is living for Christ. Decide to accept Christ today 
For tomorrow is not promised, and it may be too late. If you are a believer today, again, that has been ensnared by the Babylonian world system, I encourage you to come out and renounce the idol of materialism and money and obtain a newfound faith and trust in God as your priority in life. For Jesus said, seek ye first the kingdom of God. That is the priority for believers. And all these things shall be added unto you. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Jesus is saying, God knows what you need. And he will supply all of your needs. Thank you for listening to Transformational Living, Depositing for Eternity as Spiritual Millionaires. Tune in for the next episode, Babylon is Falling, Dishonest Scales, Weights, and Merchants. May God bless you and keep you is my prayer.